what I'm going to be sharing with you this year, I'm trusting that we're going to take a year with this, uh, at least the seasons that I'm in the pulpit. Um, I really believe that, the, that God wants us to, to, each one of us to have something birthed on the inside of us, a, a reality that you probably have heard it before, um, but I, I, I want you to see it in manifestation in your life. I believe that it's a season that we crossed over into. If those of you were with us for the fall season, we were kind of really pushing like crazy to break through this membrane that was, uh, you know, December 31st. Not that that's anything special. It's just like we're pushing. We want to break through that. And we're confident uh, that we have broken through into a different place in each one of our lives and not only in the ministry, but in, you know, Fort Erie, Southern Ontario, Western, all of that kind of stuff has been, we've come into a new spot. And so what I'm, what I'm going to be sharing with you this year, if you turn with me over to Deuteronomy chapter 28, <coughs> excuse me for this blessed throat. Um, in Deuteronomy chapter 28, we, we have um, an explanation of something that we refer to as the blessing of Abraham. Uh, and if you are taking notes, if you want to run ahead of me a little bit, you know in Galatians chapter 3 that one of the things that Jesus did when he was here was he wanted to break us into the blessing of Abraham. He wanted to make the blessing of Abraham available not only to the children of Abraham, the Israelite people, but also to the Gentiles. That means to everybody else. So the people on the inside and the people and everybody on the outside, he wanted to make the blessing of Abraham available to them. If you do a little bit of study about what the blessing of Abraham is, the blessing of Abraham didn't start with Abraham. It started with Adam. When God blessed Adam, and we'll talk about that and as we get, move ourselves a bit through this series a little bit, that when God originally created human beings, the scripture tells us that the very first thing was, and God blessed him. And so a blessing was placed upon Adam. Now, you know, there's a couple little glitches right there in, in Genesis chapter 3 where Adam should have gone, should have zigged when he zagged and all that kind of stuff. And so we go into this really dark season. Then we have Noah and the flood. And then, you know, the flood recedes and Noah gets out of the ark. And what does God do? God blesses Noah in the same way and with the same wording that he blessed Adam. And then we go along for a while again uh, until we meet this fella Abraham. And then when God interacts with Abraham, he does the same thing again. He, he, he declares a blessing over Abraham. And when we come into the New Testament, then we we're going to study this, but just so that you see where we are, that one of the main things that, that, that was accomplished in each one of our lives was that the blessing of Abraham became available to each one of us. And what, we want, what I want to do is I want to spend some time, but let's just read and just try to imagine <clears throat> what your life would be like if your life looked like this. And all these things and all these blessings shall come on you. Now, it's, I, I love the way this, it's, this passage of scripture is written. Because the blessing <clears throat> came on the water and turned it into an abundance of wine. A blessing came on the sack lunch and made it multiply and caused it. It wasn't like the sack lunch had to figure out how to multiply itself. And this is what this is talking about here. Sometimes we figure, okay, now I got to figure out all of the do's of getting the blessing to work in my life. 
rather than understanding that the blessing of God comes upon you. Listen to this wording. And these blessings shall come upon you and they will overtake you if you will hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God. Now listen. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body and the fruit of your ground and the fruit of your cattle and the increase of your, your kind, your livestock and the flocks of the sheep. Blessed shall you be in your basket and your store, right? Your wallet and your bank account. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. And let's assume at the moment you turn around from going in to going out, you're also blessed then. But other than that, you're blessed all the time. <clears throat> and the Lord shall cause your enemies that rise up against you to be smitten before your face. They shall come against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord shall command, I love that word, the blessing upon you in your storehouses, in all you set your hand to. He shall bless you in the land which the Lord has given you. The Lord shall establish you a holy people unto himself as he has sworn unto you if you will keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. And all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. <clears throat> and the Lord shall make you plenteous in goods, in the fruit of your body, in the fruit of your cattle, in the fruit of your ground, in the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers to give you. The Lord shall open unto you his good treasure the heaven to give rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand that you will lend unto many nations and you shall not borrow. The Lord shall make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above and you shall not be beneath. If you hearken unto the command of the Lord thy God, which I command you this day to observe to do them. Now imagine, now we know that when we can believe something, that by the very power of us believing it, right? That's the agency of God's blessing being made into our lives, is that we can believe that that's how the situation presently is. You may look at your life and you may say, well, if you keep reading, you know, when it says, you know, the curse is what they look like. You know, many of us at some point in our life, maybe yesterday, have seen a lot more of those things operating in our lives than we have seen these things operating in our lives. And that is simply based on a belief system. And so as we begin to work ourselves through this series, it's not really as important for me that you would just learn this by rote, just have a, an idea in your head. You know, I, this is what it's supposed to be like. How many of you know it's pretty frustrating to find out what it's supposed to be like when you know what it's really like? So sometimes actually having, you know, this information, this is how God is, is anticipating that we would live. This is the life of a, of a person that is walking with God in obedience. It's supposed to look like the blessing of God come on you. They overtake you and that they're visible for other people to see in such a way that they go, oh my gosh, what's up with you? How many of you know to get to, to be that person in our culture, you know, you're not just going to be, you know, a chump with an O. Henry. You are seriously experiencing the blessing of God. So much so that like those people now in the back of the crowd, they were, you know, let's say the, the, the head steward, as the Bible tells us in the, the story of the, 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 the wedding feast of Cana. 
And imagine what this, the head steward, what happened to him when he dipped the ladle in this, what he thought was a barrel of water. Imagine being that person. What he had done is he had been confronted with the blessing of God. It's like one of those, right? Like seriously, if I was that guy, if I was one of the waiters that went and filled the barrels, right? I go down in the olden days, you didn't turn on the tap, you went down to the well, you poured water in, you filled them up, you carried them all the way back and you set them down, Jesus goes yippity doo dah, and then you stick the label in there, totally expecting that it was gonna be water. Maybe we're having a spiritual experience right now that yes, well just imagine that this, that's not what was happening. That head steward came to him and he said, I don't understand what's going on here. How, 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 Imagine being the person now in the back of the, of the crowd. You know, he, it wasn't, he wasn't even a good guy. He was up there maybe to, to, to jeer at Jesus. It doesn't say Jesus separated the good guys from the bad guys and fed the good guys and not the bad guys, wow. right? He could have been one of the Pharisees, one of the religious folk that were trying to push him off a cliff, that were conspiring in the background to see how much harm they could do to Jesus, you know, sitting in their basement like little trolls. <laughs> and what happened? And they put their hand inside that little sack. Like, wow. When you, be, when you are right in, in, in your natural mind, you think you're so smart, we understand everything. You know, get the physics guys to explain how that happened. It would blow their minds. You see, that's what has to happen when it comes, as we work through this series, what we want to do is we want to get out of these natural ways of thinking about things. Because maybe you don't have the right education. Maybe you're not smart enough. Maybe you're not cute enough. Maybe you're not tall enough. Maybe you're not whatever enough in your own mind. Just like the sack lunch wasn't enough, Philip said. What are you doing, Jesus? This is a one-person lunch here. We're going to have a riot That water is, is a wedding, it's not enough. But you see, when the blessing comes upon something, when the blessing of God overtakes something, all of a sudden, all rules are off. I know you can't walk on water, all rules are off. I know you can't, water can't turn into, there's no rules now. The only rule is the, the things you just read there in Deuteronomy chapter 28. The only rule is you're gonna be the head and not the tail. You're gonna be above and not beneath. The only rule is, I don't know how this is gonna work, but when you're going in, you're gonna be blessed. I don't know how that's gonna happen, but when you're coming out, you're gonna be blessed. I don't care how small your wallet is right now, but it's sooner it's gonna have to get bigger. I don't care how many zeros are in your bank, they need to be bigger. All rules are off now. If we can actually be that person who has sitting before Jesus in the back of the crowd and all of a sudden you see something 
and you don't dismiss it. You know, like, this happens all the time to us here. You know, we try to testify a lot about the things that are really happening in real people's lives here, in your life. But you know, you can have a miracle happen right in front of your eyes. You can have tr like things we've talked about even today, this weekend that we just came through, the great things that are happening in people's lives. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've seen that sack lunch. D David Copperfield did that sack lunch thing also, so it's like, you know, big deal. David Blaine can do the walk on water kind of dealio. It's just, yeah, it's been done. He really, it's been done. Or, or we can see clearly what is actually right in front of our eyes, even though our brain is going, because it can't figure it out. It can't figure it out. It can't figure it out. And it wants to reject it. And so what we're going to do today, maybe just if I could have a couple, of, a couple of moments of your time this morning, is I want to lay some foundation. Um, first of all, go to, have you got your Bibles with you? Do, you? do you bring Bibles to church still? Is that still something that we do? Matthew chapter 7. Is I'm gonna, now we're going to work a little bit because I want, you to, I want to lay some foundation for you. Okay? And go to verse 24. Now we're talking here about Jesus when he begins to speak about the, uh, the, you know, life is built on the rock and on the sand. Do you all remember that parable of Jesus? And so Jesus said here, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I'll be likened unto a wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fail, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house in the sand. And the rains descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and it, the fall of it was great. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teachings for, they, for he taught as one having authority and not as one of the scribes. And so what's, what's it saying? Jesus is saying that what I'm teaching you, Jesus speaking, the things that I am teaching you, right? We would say, what, you know, what is, uh, my life is built on the rock of Jesus. Yes, it's Jesus. Of course it's Jesus, but it is specifically from his own mouth, these sayings of mine. Amen. And so when we are now listening to these sayings of his, we're realizing that they need to produce like an, an, an increased awareness in our reality. Because he's going to warn us, as we're going to talk about this for this part of today, and that's super exciting. But the things that Jesus said are going to warn us, particularly when we experience things that are going to blow our mind. The blessing of God upon your life is going to blow your mind. Just seeing it one time, just seeing something work out when it was impossible that it was ever going to work out. You know, the doctor gives you this nasty report, and then you, you, you go to God, and you pray, and you believe, and you go back, and they take another x-ray, and the sucker is gone. And they're... Because why? What is that? That's your mind being blown. Because it don't work like that. 
When you got that thing, it stays there. And if anything, you don't do nothing, it gets worse. It doesn't disappear overnight. Do you see that? And it blows your mind to do that. But there is an enormous thing we have to be aware of when God is trying to say things like he said in Deuteronomy chapter 28. That your life at every dimension that you could possibly imagine is going to be like that sack lunch. It's just going to turn out amazing in every circumstance, in every situation, no matter what your challenge is, no matter what God is asking you to do, no matter where God is asking you to do it, no matter how much it's going to cost. The blessing of God is going to do to your life what it did to the sack lunch, what it did to that bucket of water. But let's listen now, because Jesus is saying, these sayings of mine, you have to focus on the things Jesus taught us. Many of us, you've heard me say this before, most of the modern Christianity, this expression that we have in our earth today, is more of a Paulian revelation, the stuff that Paul taught us. If you want to have a New Testament service, you need to go into the teachings of epistles of Paul and all of those type of things. But let me tell you something. The New Testament was not built on the writings of the New Testament. Focus for a moment. Focus. That's one of those moments. The writings of the New Testament, starting with the book of Romans and going all the way to the end, are books, are letters that people, emails, that people wrote to each other 20, 30, 40 years after the revival that took place uh, after the death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ. Those books and letters were experiences. They were kind of order, how to create order, how to understand a few things, how to categorize, how to compartmentalize, how to structuralize, how to do all of those things now that the world had been filled with Christians in every corner by the revival. The revival then, you know, what did you know? When did you know it? The revival then, the book of Acts revival that we see did not have the book of Acts to experience the book of Acts. Do you understand that? Luke wrote an orderly account of those events after the events had happened. So the early church, what did they have? They had these sayings of mine, Jesus speaking. You know, the children's stories. And so what, we, what, we're, what we're doing then is if we want the blessing of Abraham that comes to us because we are in Christ, not in Paul. And I, and I listen, I love Paul. I love the sentences that go on for paragraphs. I love to debate Paul with you because there's never anybody right at the end of the debate. But Jesus is the foundation. Jesus' teachings, he said it himself. These sayings of mine. You ready? Go over with me to uh, Matthew chapter seven. So when Jesus came, now, uh, excuse me, Matthew chapter four. Uh, If you remember where you are in scripture, 
right? If you've read the New Testament, that's on page four of the New Testament, so you're, you probably got that far. When Jesus, remember when he was in, in the wilderness and he was being tempted by the devil, got through all that, which we'll talk about. But then he comes out now in his ministry, got baptized in the Jordan, goes into the wilderness, comes out of the wilderness, starts his preaching ministry. He starts off by saying, verse 17, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. So what is Jesus talking about? He was not talking about building a church. He was not trying to create a religion. You'll notice that Jesus doesn't teach, in, teach very much doctrinally because he knows if he teaches us doctrine, we're just gonna fight about doctrine. He doesn't want us to fight about doctrine. Doctrine is what happens once there's somebody to doctrinize. If you need to organize something, then you need a little bit of structure and rules by which you can organize. At this point, there's nothing to organize. There's 12 guys who are looking for lunch. And so there's no, Jesus is just trying to tell them about something. He's trying to explain a reality to them when he says the kingdom of God is at hand. I'm going to show you how the kingdom of God operates. You go down to the end of Matthew there, uh, uh, 29, guys in the back, I'm guessing. I could look at my notes, how did I do? 29, Shazam, is late. I th- he goes, Jesus went about all Galilee. 23, 23 is what I said. Uh, Jesus went all about Galilee, preaching and teaching the doctrine of his new religion. I'm, so, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What is your, I have the wrong translation. What's the? Preaching and teaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of diseases and sicknesses wherever he found them. Jesus was here because he was trying to get us to understand that there was a kingdom Uh, an entire uh, realm that was available and it is available to us right now. That realm, this kingdom thing, is demonstrated in a way that blows people's minds. That's what it finished, preaching and teaching the gospel of the kingdom. And then he would have a whole bunch of people in the audience who were sick. Now sick in our day, different sick in their day right? People who were sick back then weren't just, (coughs) right? Oh, I'm sick. I have a uh, fever. No, this was sick. This was real significant issues that people were dealing with in their lives. And they just were getting healed. They would just straighten up. They were bent over, straighten up. Their leprosy stuff comes back and eyes don't work. They, they start working. And uh, all of this kind of stuff that was going, whoa, 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 whoa. Do you see what's happening? See, if we're the guy in the crowd, at the back of the crowd, and we're looking on this, you're going, dude, that blind guy was, lives across the road from me. He's been on, I've been tossing that guy's denarii eyes forever. I know that guy. And all of a sudden, you can see. You see, the kingdom of God is demonstrated in such a way that it blows your mind. Like it does things that are outer worldly, like they just don't make sense in our world. You can't have that. That doesn't work like that. That's what your brain is saying all the time. And so let's talk about then quickly, because we've talked about this already, how the kingdom of God works. 
This is going to be super complicated, so you're going to need notes, okay? If you go over to Mark chapter 4, in Mark chapter 4, be, be careful. You probably need like a PhD for this, so focus. A farmer sows a seed. That seed comes up, first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. The earth bringeth forth fruit of itself. That's it. That's how, whoop, 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 whoop. That's how simple this is. It's so simple that everybody knows if they've seen a tomato seed, if they see a, 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 a baby lamb, if they see anything, we know it came from a seed that was first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear, and then the harvest came. Everything everywhere works like that. That's what your Bible says, the kingdom of God. That means where God lives, that means everything. And this is, this is the only time the Bible ever tells us where the king, what the kingdom of God is like. I mean, it says it's in our heart. Yeah, it's inside of you. But what's it like? How does it work? It works like that. It works like that in, on earth. It works like that in heaven. And it works like that where God lives. Everywhere, every dimension of all time works this a simple way. Simple, 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 simple. So simple, you'd wonder, how the heck do we find such a hard time doing this? What is going on if all that I got to do is tear out a page of my Bible, eat it, swallow it, give it a moment, and shazam, I'm walking on water. <laughs> How come it's so complicated? It's like, like you get bugged because it's so simple. And so what we're going to do, we're going to talk about three things in my, does that say 34 minutes? But in my time. Why is, what are the issues as we begin this journey of discovering the blessing of Abraham and how do I get that blessing? Anybody want that one? Is anybody, can anybody, anybody in the wrong place today that we're saying, no, I wanted the second half of that stuff. I want the curses. I've been looking for curses all of my life. So anybody in here that would say they're looking for boils where you ought not have boils. Anybody looking for that stuff? If I want to get it in my life, and I want to get, let's go to Mark, go to Mark chapter 4. Because I think we should read it, just because it's so stinking fun to read it. And he said, and so is the kingdom of God. So is the kingdom of God. Jesus went about preaching and teaching about the kingdom of God. If you go to Acts chapter 28, you'll, it ends up by saying, and Paul... He was in a house, his own house. He was, a, he, was a, he was a prisoner, but a house prisoner. And it says, Paul was preaching about the kingdom of God. Jesus preaching about the kingdom of God. How does it work? How did Jesus do the things that he did? Right in front of people's eyes. How did he do it? Listen. And Jesus said, so is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast a seed into the ground should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, he knows not how. He knows not how. How many say, whoo, hallelujah, I don't gotta know how. Yes. Jesus is saying, you need to go do this amazing thing. How am I ever gonna figure out how to do that? You don't gotta know how to do that. Amen. You don't gotta know how to do that. The blessing of God comes upon you and overtakes you so that all of these things are going on all around you 
watch, watch. They should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring up and grow, he knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. Does that sound a lot like what we read in Deuteronomy there? That the blessing of God is just going to come on you? Right? I don't sit in, I don't sit out, you know, I got some fruit trees in my, Tina has some fruit trees in my backyard. Right? And she's praying in the morning. She's not going, Lord, bring forth apples. No, she, that's an apple tree. Even the apple isn't doing that. The apple's just being an apple tree. And it does what it does. Life is supposed to be like that. Where the blessing of God on your life just cometh forth. You knoweth not how. You don't worry about it. You don't worry about how. You're worried about obeying God. Not figuring out how to do the stuff God's going to do with the blessing of God if you believe that the blessing of God is actually on your life. But it's too crazy. You know, we could have the little, you know, Light City Church walks across the Niagara River next Sunday. Yeah, but then we got to go next Sunday, right? And you got to know how to do it. That's the problem. We whoop, whoop, whoop in church all the time. I'm not, I, me too. We whoop, whoop, whoop all the time. We need to know how do I get this simple process working in my life? How, does I make the, how do I make that work so that I focus myself on the, God, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things are added? The earth bringeth forth fruit of itself. The blessing comes upon you and overtakes you. We're not supposed to be those people scratching and scraping at the dirt like the Gentiles do in order to, the people who don't know God. The, we're just supposed to have it come upon us. Why? Because we have allowed the blessing, the understanding, the nature of what Jesus did when he died on the cross for us. He didn't just get us to heaven. We're thankful for that. We'll be one day. But we're supposed to be living in heaven on earth here so that other people who are looking for God don't go find God in some other place. We're supposed to judge things by their fruit, not by who's a hotshot preacher. You judge them by the fruit. And there needs to be abounding fruit in each one of our lives. Right? There already is abounding fruit in your life. You're already seeing transformation in your home, your family, your finances, your business, your, your, your own psyche. All of those things are being transformed. God, thank you, God, for that. And that's why we're standing at this place right now where God's saying, okay, step it up a little bit. So number one, if you go over to uh, Matthew sh- chapter 13 and verse 10, maybe we can only do this today because we have to look at What causes there to be, if this is how simple the process is of what Jesus just described, Jesus, excuse me, Jesus just described there in Mark chapter four about how the kingdom of God operates. What is it that stops our brains, our belief system, all of our humanity, it causes us to reject things that we don't understand? What causes us to do that? And so the, in, 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 uh, in Matthew chapter 13 then, it's also Mark 4 and Luke 8. You can look at those two. But in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus begins to talk about this seed, to- seed time, you know, seed sowing process. And he tells them it in an agricultural thing. We'll talk about that another day. You know, the farmer goes out, he sows a seed, and then, the, you know, the rocks and the weeds and the good soil and the 30 and the 60, da-da. And then he, the, the, the disciples come to him and they say, Jesus, why is it that you speak in parables? 
Like, why don't you just make it plain? Why don't you use a whiteboard, a couple of pictures, you know, some graphics, you know, kind of change up the color a wee bit. So it's really, why do you talk in these funny stories? Listen to what Jesus says. And Jesus answered them and said, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. There's mysteries of this kingdom. That's why people couldn't find it. That's why people didn't know that it existed. Because there were mysteries. There's things you have to understand first if you are going to be able to understand the things of the kingdom. And in order to see them and understand them, you got to break through a couple of gateways. Your mind has to. For, whatever ha he, for whoever has, to him will more be given, and he will have abundance. And whatever do, whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables. Now listen now. Because seeing, they do not see. Hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah, now that's in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 10. So interestingly, sidebar, in the Old Testament, this is in Isaiah. In Jesus's ministry, he says it in red. And if you go over to Acts chapter 28, which is the New Testament, it says it again. So it was a problem in the Old Testament. It was a problem when Jesus, hello, the guy doing all the miracles, and he explained to everybody how he did the miracles, and they still didn't get it. And it's a still a problem at the end of the revival in Acts chapter 28, when Paul is speaking and he's saying, this is still a problem. So how many of you know it's a big problem? It's a problem that could be affecting maybe, not everybody in the room, but maybe one or two of you, or me, when information is coming to us and it blows our mind. It does not fit in our understanding of the way the world is. Like you came to me, you know, I said, John came to me on the, on the way to church this morning and Kelsey ran up to me and said, guess what? John didn't take the peace bridge. John walked across the river on the water. Okay, did you hear your, your, did you hear your response? <laughs> That's silly. I couldn't have it. Seeing. Why wasn't your example? Yeah, Jesus did that too. I'm sure John could do it. It wasn't our, it wasn't our response. Do you see the problem? Is in our own way of looking at things, we reject something that we don't think can be true. It's kind of silly. It's a joke. And it, maybe, you know, I was joking, so I don't think you did walk across the river, did you? No? <laughs> but you have to see that this is the same problem that's happening when we read the stories even of Jesus' life, when we hear about the miracles that have happened through, through, the, through the, the seasons of the New Testament, when we, even miracles that have gone on in the life of the person who's sitting right next to you, they don't have that ability. They, 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 they're like, they're diluted because it's just not inside of your concept of the way things can work. And so when, the, when we start talking about the blessing of Abraham, boop, 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 we go, yeah, that's fine, good song. See you next week. If you could up it a bit next week, Pastor Ian, that'd be really great, a little bit bored, you know. You see, what happens is there's an issue 
in the way we process the information. That's different than when we were children. You see, when we're raising Olivia, we could tell Olivia anything. We could tell her she lives in China, she'll believe us. We could tell her she lives on the moon and she'll believe us. We're trying to tell her right now that those cookies that she eats, organic stuff that's like disgusting, <laughs> that they're good. And that you're gonna like eating healthy broccoli food the rest of your natural life. Sugar? You're not gonna like sugar. And she'll believe for a season. For a season, unless she listens to this tape, make sure she doesn't get this tape. For a season, she's gonna, she believes that. But you see, we change. And this is what, this is what he's referring to here. As I'm gonna show you how the mysteries of the kingdom work, but they're gonna blow your mind, so don't worry about it. You're gonna have forgotten it by tomorrow. Ah. How many of you still want the blessing of God operating in your life? This is what Isaiah said. He said, I, hearing you will not hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. Ready for this? Hold the hand of the person next to you. This is gonna be hard. For the hearts of the people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. Their eyes, they have closed. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Lest at any time they should turn around and go the other way. And we say, I will heal them. And that talks about heal like in the physical body or heal as in heal the brokenhearted. Same word. And so what God is trying to do then is he's got to break through in the way our minds interact with the things that he's trying to show us. Our hearts my Bible says, has waxed gross. That's even worse than grown dull, doesn't it? <laughs> if you really want to insult somebody, say, you know what? You've waxed gross. <laughs> what that word is, what that word is, um, is the word pachyro, P-A-C-H-Y-R-O. Anyways, as they spell that word in English. And that word means to make thick or fat. Uh, and the, but metaphorically, it means, are you still holding the hand of the person next to you? <laughs> it's, it means to make stupid or to stupefy, to render the soul dull or callous, right? What renders something dull? Think about that, overuse, right? Too much stimulus. You know, when you're, you know, you got all this stuff going on. Beep, 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 ding, 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 beep, beep, beep. All that is going on in your life all the time. After a while, you don't hear nothing, right? Like if I, if, you know, you know the old thing when you go like this and you just, if I tap Sandy like this for 45 minutes, you know? How, you know, you just, it gets dull. You don't feel it anymore. 
right? Callous, Habakkuk's callous. Callous comes from woundings, from overuse, from, from you know, impact, like your hands, they get callous, or you have a scar and it's got callous. That's what he's, you see what's happening? It's that in our soul, we become so closed off, stupefied. Like imagine, it's, just, it's hard to imagine, but if, if, if the only way I can imagine it is because I've seen it in my own life. We see so many miracles around here. We see people's lives change all the time. We've seen like stuff, man, stuff. And you can forget that what's going on. That's the kingdom of God being manifested right in front of my eyes. Go to to Matthew chapter 12. You know, if you see a demonic situation removed, how many of a demonic situation is everything wrong with this world? Right, it wasn't for the devil back in chapter three there, we wouldn't have any problems. We'd still be living in the garden the way God designed it. So everything is about that. And he said, if you see those things, deliverance is happening, uh, what's happened? The kingdom of God has come near you. Jesus, again, speaking. We see it manifested right in front of our eyes. What we have to do is we have to begin to recognize now as we have seen these things around us, you have had a miracle. Every one of you have seen God move in your life in some dimension or another. Maybe if you were new, you're a first timer, you know somebody that can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt that they have seen a miracle happen in their life. In Acts chapter 28, when Paul says this, dull of hearing thing. He's talking to, uh, he's talking about the religious leaders who are still uh, at his tail. And he says, they have all seen the miracles. They have all seen the amazing things that everybody else has seen. And it's funny, I think it's uh, John chapter 12 talks about this same thing again. In the beginning of John chapter 12, we have Jesus visiting and he's visiting with Lazarus and it talks about the religious leaders, those people who just wouldn't, were refused to see clearly what was going on in Jesus's life. He says they, lots of people came to visit Lazarus because Lazarus was the one that was raised from the dead. The religious leaders also wanted to come and see Lazarus, but they wanted to see Lazarus because they wanted to kill him. Because he was an affront to his, his being alive was an affront. They had, like, think about that. They had seen the guy died, like died, really died, four days, pretty dead. And then he came back to life. They saw that. They knew that that happened. They were like really confident that that's what happened. Their response to, visit, to seeing the kingdom of God manifested right in front of their eyes, an unbelievable thing, the water, the wine, the lunch, the Lazarus. What was their response? Their response was, we need to kill Lazarus. Like I'm thinking, but they did that. It didn't work out very well the first time, so go ahead, kill him, watch again. <laughs> that was, the, isn't it? See, they were stupefied. Their brain, what ha- I don't know, what happened? 
it kind of went and they didn't get it. What was happening right before their eyes? What we need to do is we need to start in one, we need to stop the intense activities that are going on in our world. You know, and you see those signs on the way out about unplugged. We unplug every March. And what unplugged means is that, you know, if you need your cell phone or you need your, you know, whatever electronic devices for work, please don't go tell your boss that you're not allowed to work this month because your pastor said, not sure if that's going to go real well. But if you need it for work, that's different. But a lot of us, what happens is, is that we become like brainlessly just using a lot of our electronic devices to just busy our soul. Instead, the busyness of the soul creates this problem. It's the dullness. It's the, yeah, whatever. Oh, there's there's another testimony from Pastor Tina. You know, somebody got raised from the dead. (laughs) I think I'm going to check my Facebook feed. Is there not nothing on Netflix, honey, that we could? See, that's what happens. But you see the power, the power of that moment, like in these people's lives. This is what ignited the New Testament church in the beginning of the book of Acts, was undeniable evidence that the kingdom of God is at hand. That there was another world that was somehow able to impact this natural world in ways that were unbelievable, that were kind of like, what's happening around me right now? We need to allow that to happen in our lives. We need to take the time, go back over the miracles that you've seen in your life. Go back over, remember what it was like when you first met the Lord. Certainly there's been some stuff, you know, we've had to deal with junk. It's got, it's how it works. But remember what it was like. Go watch, go look at some pictures of other places in the world where do unto others as you would have them do unto you is not the central mantra of the society. Go look at what that's like. You see, what we have to realize is we're living inside of a miracle. We're living inside of the kingdom of heaven being expressed all around us all the time. But it's like, yeah, whatever. What are you going to do for me today, Jesus? Rather than it really producing this awareness on the inside of us that the blessing of Abraham, the blessing of God has come upon me. It's overtaking me. It's going to make me blessed going in and blessed coming out. Blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed in my wallet, blessed in my bank account, blessed in my business, blessed in every dimension of my life, blessed in my body, blessed with my children. I'll be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. I will lend to nations. Anybody had the president call you yet to see if he could borrow a couple bucks? I will lend to nations. What would you see? Yes. Put your hands up in the air. And say this with me. Say, Jesus, I know you want to blow my mind. 
like really you do. You really want to show me the things that the kingdom of God, that the blessing of Abraham, that the blessing of, of Adam will do in my life as it overtakes me, as it comes upon me, that it makes a way for me, that the seed comes in, the blade comes up, the ear comes up, and the full corn in the ear, the earth bringeth forth fruit of itself. And then we can put in the sickle and harvest. Heavenly Father, you're trying to bring us in to a completely new dimension of our lives as human beings. We're not here just to read a scripture. We know we're receiving seeds. Those seeds of the truth of the word of God, these sayings of Jesus, those seeds coming into my heart, producing 30, 60, and 100 fold of the blessing in, on, and through my life. I know it's true. It's true because Jesus said it was true. And he said that if I would build my life on these sayings, when the storms come, my house will remain standing. Things I've built won't get washed away. They won't get destroyed. But instead, they will keep being built bigger and bigger. Here a little, there a little. Glory to glory, faith to faith, because I'm building it on these sayings of Jesus. He knew the truth. He demonstrated that he knew the truth. So I've decided I believe Jesus.